Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Hey, uh, do you remember weddings? (laughs) Nowadays we get a little skittish about weddings uh, and perhaps especially big weddings and rightfully so. Big weddings are the perfect place for COVID-19 to spread. Lots of people from lots of places sharing hugs and handshakes, food and fellowship, laughter, maybe dancing. Such an event has super spreader written all over it. But remember about seven months ago when that wasn't the case? Remember when weddings were just huge, fun celebrations of love and family and the gathering of our our best hopes and dreams for a couple just getting started in their life together. I know, it's hard to remember. I can hardly remember it either. But if you try hard, I bet you can. And that's that's the image I want you to hold on to today, the way, the way that weddings used to be. And one day will be again. You know, these, these must-attend events important cultural, familial, even spiritual celebrations of love and blessing, and how when you're invited to such a special event, you most certainly will proudly attend. Because in our gospel reading today for Matthew chapter 22, Jesus tells a parable about this very thing, an extravagant wedding party thrown by the king for his son. And Jesus uses the parable to tell us more about the kingdom of heaven. Listen as I read from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. Once again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, maltreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. What is Jesus saying here? The kingdom of heaven is like a wedding feast. That nobody who was invited bothered to attend. They were too busy. Too important. Some are even downright indignant. Even more, some of the invitees actually killed the slave sent to summon them. This was way more than poor taste and bad manners here. These are people to whom the king said, you are important enough to me and my kingdom that I invite you to celebrate with me and my family this most important event. To be invited to such a banquet signified that these people mattered. And they threw it all away. So the king actually sends his army and destroys them and their city. One absurd action for another. Remember, this didn't actually happen. This is just a parable that Jesus tells. But in this story, one absurd action is exchanged 
for another. These people took their status in the kingdom and threw it away, just as so many hear about their significance in the kingdom of heaven and cast it aside for the empty treasures of this earth. Too busy, too important, too costly. So the king responded with something equally absurd. He destroyed them, destroyed their city. They acted like the king and his kingdom didn't matter, and the king responds in kind. But the parable, interestingly, goes on and continues to teach us about the kingdom of heaven. Reading on in Matthew 22, this time verses 8 through 10. Jesus continues, Then he sent, then the king said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. So as Jesus continues to tell this story, a remarkable turn of events takes place. If those invited cannot be bothered to attend, the king will send his servants into the streets to gather anyone they could find. Note this, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled. It was filled. It was, it was filled with some seedy characters. It had to be, the, the parable says, both good and bad. But the but the. Wedding banquet hall was filled nonetheless. And apparently, we'll find out a little later in the story, each one of them was given a robe. Now, I'm not sure what these robes looked like, but they must have been nice. right? They, they were, after all, intended for some pretty important guests. I'm imagining them, right? Fine, quality stitching, Good fabric, right? Flowing, excessive, extravagant, the perfect gown for guests of the king at his son's wedding banquet. Imagine what it must have been like for this scurvy lot that was just dragged off the street to put those things on, right? Just common, ordinary, perhaps even what society would call indecent people in the, in the king's court, wearing clothes so luxurious and expensive. Each one of them must not only have felt amazing, but probably a little self-conscious, a little bit out of place. As they ate the richest of foods, they drank the finest of wines, they were probably all just kind of waiting to be discovered by the king. Hey, 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 who invited this guy? Who invited this loser? They could just imagine the king coming up to them, exposing them in front of the whole group, right? And then throwing them out. But Jesus does something surprising in this story, as usual. In the parable, it's not the adulterer, the thief, the divorcee, the prostitute, who's called out and humiliated, even though such people no doubt were in attendance at this party. As we finish the reading here this morning, pay attention to who is called out. Jesus continues in verses 11 through 14. He says, But when the king came in to see the guests... He noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. 
Did you catch it? The one who's exposed, scandalized, and humiliated is simply this, the one not wearing the wedding robe. The whole room is full of people who are unworthy to be at such a fine party, and they all know it. But in only condemning the one without the robe, the king makes it clear that the rest of them are, in fact, right where they belong, right where they've been invited and called to be. And so they cinch up their robes good and tight, and they enjoy the rest of the evening with confidence in the graciousness of this king. Now, you might object, hey, whoa, 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 let's back up and talk about this guy that got pitched out on his ear. That's no way to teach. That's no way to treat a guy. Right? Out on his ear because he was just wearing the wrong clothes. This parable we understand is is, uh, that the the king represents God. Then this doesn't really fit with our desire for a, a nice and friendly God. And a good, nice storytelling Jesus, right? Maybe so. This might not be very nice, but I do know this. God will cast the imposters out of his kingdom. That's right. God will cast imposters out of his kingdom. But I want to be clear. When I say imposters, I'm not talking about the immoral prostitutes, tax collectors, that whole list that we can make. You can make the list. When I say imposters, I mean the ones who show up in their own clothes as if to say, look at me. Aren't I ready for a banquet? The ones who show up confident in their, in their worthiness because they earned it. As if the kingdom of heaven is lucky to have them. The ones who show up like that are in for a surprise. You didn't think you were getting into God's kingdom on your own good looks, did you? Friends, we have been invited to a banquet, God's heavenly banquet. And at times we might feel like the riffraff at the party in Jesus' parable. I mean, heck, we might even feel like we can't show up. This global pandemic has us scattered across time and space. And so as we, as we would, would, would desire to be part of worship, this great dress rehearsal for the kingdom of heaven in eternity, we feel like the whole thing's broken. Right? Some of us gather in a sanctuary, but others have to gather on Facebook or on YouTube or on the radio, or others have to gather in a parking lot or in small groups we call house church. And as we gather, most of the time we can't sing together. In our daily lives, we might feel like we're barely holding it together these days. We're divided politically with our neighbors. We don't have any idea how to slow the spread of this deadly virus. And we feel lost and disheveled, and we feel like failures. And So how do we even begin to show up at this great, amazing banquet that, that God puts on? We feel like frauds. And I've been there myself many days. Wondering how long it will be before someone realizes what a fraud that I am and I get shown the door. Or maybe as we're watching a video or listening on the radio, there's a message that comes on that just says, sorry, you're not even qualified to listen to this service, to watch this sermon on video. We're all waiting to be exposed as frauds. But, but here's the good news, my friends. 
like the robes given to the attendees in Jesus' parable, we've been given new clothes to wear too. Clothes we put on even today in this dress rehearsal, wherever you're gathered, attending to God's word right now. Then that clothing is Jesus Christ. It's my absolute favorite verse about the clothing of Christ. Galatians chapter 3. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves in Christ. Right? You've, you've heard me. If you've heard me preach for more than a few years, you've heard me prattle on about this verse before, but I cannot resist talking about it again. It's just one of my favorites. Baptism gifts us with the clothing that is Christ himself. And it's a great verse. And it's a great set of clothes. Right? This is the wedding robe given to us by God himself. We put on the garment of Jesus Christ. No matter how out of place we might feel, no matter how dislodged from community we might feel because of this global pandemic, no matter how much we might feel like failures and imposters, this clothing makes it right. Right? We might gather wherever we gather, feeling like our shortcomings and our frailties and our foolishness and our sin define who we are, but they do not. God will not walk up and show us the door because we who have been baptized have clothed ourselves with Christ. Right? When we wear that gracious gown, we can stand in God's presence with confidence, knowing that we are right where we belong. Now, I know that some people might prefer other garments. Some might prefer to show up in a garment made of their own credentials, their own accomplishments, their own status, their own holiness, their own importance. But as I listen to Jesus today, i got to say I don't recommend showing up in those clothes. I don't recommend skipping the banquet either. Right? Find some way, shape, or form to attend. Virtually, in person, however. But gather in the presence of God, confident in your status and who you are. Forget about the other clothes. Forget about those other commitments and excuses. You've got a wedding feast to be, far, to be, you've got a wedding feast to be part of. And new clothes besides, right? Beautiful, extravagant, luxurious clothes stitched together with the blood of Christ, lined with grace and forgiveness and newness of life. Come, one and all, to the heavenly banquet. Again, no matter how you come, in person, on Facebook, via YouTube, on the radio, come and gather around God's word. Gather at this banquet, which begins right now. Right? It might not look like much of a banquet now, the way we've gathered, but it is God's banquet. Gather. Right? The, the, the banquet begins now and will work up to its fullness in the kingdom that is yet to come. Come young and old, come rich and poor, come healthy and sick, come broken and lost, condemned and ashamed. Put on the wedding garment, which is Christ himself. Come and be covered with his love and grace and stand before God as a new being in Jesus Christ. When you put on Christ, you are invincible, my friends. Neither death, nor troubles, nor sorrows, nor anything this world can dish out, including a global virus, can prevail. Neither with the errors and poor judgment of your past, the wedding garment covers all. And so put on Christ and live confidently as a child of God, a child of this merciful God 
who wants nothing more than this, that you would live your earthly days confident in his abiding presence, and that each day brings you closer to your eternity with him and his son at the wedding feast. This feast that has no end. So put on Christ and let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.